Hey, Stu, your rent's due, motherfucker. Hey, Aries, you heard about that new uh, podcast app called Anchor? I sure did, Andy. Guess what? It's time to pay some bills. If you haven't heard about Anchor, it's the easiest way to make a podcast. Let me explain. It's free. And they have tons of creation tools that allow you to record and edit your own podcast right from your phone or computer. Anchor will distribute your podcast for you so it can be heard on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, and many more. You can make money from your podcast with no minimum listenership. And we know you know about that money, Jew boy. It's everything you need to make a podcast in one place. So go download your Anchor app now for free, or you can go to anchor.fm to get started today. Can you feel it, baby? That money? Yeah. And don't be pulling that falling down the stairs shit on me, you hear? Can I, take, can I take you back out of all this? So back, back to, I, want, I want to go back to DC Cap. First of all, it's very interesting. I wish I could talk to you more about this mm-hmm. DC Cap thing because you you just did it. And mm-hmm. there's a scene where you're dancing on the uh, on the on the on the cab, and mm-hmm. you know when the girls are coming. In. So you, I mean, and you've never really done this before no. any acting. So this is all just you having a good time. Just it was me. That was okay. that's what it was. But you, Charlie Barnett. Yeah. Did you get to know him at all? Very Did well. You? Charlie Barnett, for my money, uh, is. The funniest person, and I knew Pryor well, and all these other guys, so is the funniest person I've ever met, period. No, not even close. So what made Charlie funny, and, and we hung out a lot, you know, I had great love, and I got to see him shortly before he passed. As a matter of fact, one summer, we, I spent in New York, uh, it was one of the best summers of my life. It was Rick Aviles, uh, Charlie Barnett, and myself, we were playing the, uh, the, the Latin Quarters, you know, Ralphie Mercado owned the Latin Quarters at the time, a big salsa guy, and... And we were packing them in, man. I mean, I'd see Leguizamo come see the show, you know. You know, all truth be told, I've seen his, uh, I've seen uh, some of the, his specials, and I say, mm, there was a little bit of Charlie in this, and there was a little bit of oh. Rick Avila is a very talented guy. They both died. As a matter of fact, I used to go with them when they used to go slam, you know. Correct I mean, me if I'm wrong, Rick Avila's. He's the guy. He talked like this. He hosted know? the Apollo, yeah. and he was in uh, Ghost. Yeah, he was yeah, a yeah, bad guy in Ghost. Yeah, yeah. Okay. And he was also in uh, um, Carlitos Way. Carlitos Way, and he was in in uh, Godfather Three. Yeah, last movie he did was uh, Waterworld. So his career was going well. Very, very talented guy. Well, one of his best lines was uh, very obscure. He used to do obscure references. He, he said he would preface it. He'd say, this, is the, this, is, this scene is a must in every role cop movie you've ever seen. All right, everybody? Role cop movie. These lines are inevitable. You have to. He'd say, uh, he'd slam his hands on the desk and he goes, what's the word out on the street? You know, every, every, everything he used to do, uh, bits like that, that the audience w- wouldn't get it, but a comic would go, man, that, that's really hip. I mean, I'm enjoying it. Right. Uh, Charlie Barnett, uh, the, what made Charlie great, uh, I met him through DC Cab. Uh, uh, Joel Schumacher said, go to New York, uh, hang out with this guy. Um, I said, well, what is the address? He goes, there's no address. He just go to Washington Square Park. Square Park. <laughs> and as a matter of fact, I think Chappelle is, is still has a script. He's been trying to do a movie, The King of Washington Square. I hope he does it because this guy merits uh, this kind of uh, attention. Uh, I went over there and I see this guy uh, slam a phone book. Those phone books back in the day on the ground. It sounded like a, a cherry bomb. Boom. And he gets uh, get people's attention. And once you got his attention, he had you. 
he'd climb up on a tree. He had these long fingers, and, he, and he'd become a, a chimpanzee, you know. And he says, oh, this is what you think uh, black people are. You know, we won't say black people, you know. And uh, he'd, he'd hang, and, and he'd uh, go to people's purses, and he'd do outrageous stuff uh, out in there. And then he'd pass this sack around, and, uh, and, and then he'd count it, and then he'd go slam, you know. And uh, uh, he, was, he was using it. And I would tell him, oh, man, yeah, don't do that, him and Rick. But I wanted to hang out with him so much that after a while I figured if I kept telling him not to do that, I wouldn't hang out with him. So uh, it was more important for me to hang out. And we'd go to 125th Street in the shooting gallery, some of the places where you wouldn't believe they're out there fixing. And I'm, I'm, I'm scared, man. I'm going, What's going on? But uh, his loss was so sad because he had so much to offer, you know. I hope that there's more video of him. I know he did, the, uh, he, he did Def Jam. Uh, and he was also on a, on a Vice, uh, uh, Miami Vice. Vice, yeah. But he died way too young. He had so much to offer. He used to do a routine that I hope it, somebody videotaped is captured. I saw him do it several times. It's brilliant. He talked about how my father was crazy. He got out of the, the Rikers or where's that, where's that place where they send the crazy people in New York? Uh, I don't think it's Rikers. Uh, he says, uh, he came out, he thought he was God, uh, which made me Jesus. And he would do this whole thing on religion that was not only... Uh, very very smart, but very ghetto. And he he talk about uh, Jesus in the in the hood, you know. He talk about black Jesus before Mooney, I, I gotta say. And he would do things that were that were really way ahead of his time, you know. Uh, Charlie Bonnet, you know, the uh, Comedy Central's 100 funniest uh, comedians, stand-ups of all time, uh, should have uh, gave him a, a rating far far higher than than he did. I think he was in the 90s. Yeah, all these ratings are uh, that's subjective, yeah. you know. Yeah. But uh, but Charlie Barnett, uh, the world is robbed of, of the things he, the possibilities. Because you know he would do voices, and he would he would uh, he 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 was like a, a black Jim Carrey in a lot of ways. And he did voices, he did uh, impressions, he did routines. He became white. He did white. He became real black uh, for an hour out in the you know, and then to entertain people out in the, in, in the. Uh, I saw it once. I actually did. It was a thing to see. I, I actually. One time, Club 88, <clears throat> where me and Bill Bellamy mm-hmm. kind of came up through the ranks. One time, he performed there. And, I mean, he never used a microphone. Yeah. He stood up on a chair. He would walk around the room. But he never touched the microphone. As loud as could be. But, like you said, had everybody's attention. It, it's, a, it's, it's a sad thing because he passed away right uh, before... Uh, HBO really started to, to give uh, up-and-comers a, a chance to leave something for posterity, you know. Uh, I remember seeing him. I saw him. The last time I saw him, I went to visit him. He was at Lexington uh, Hospital in, in, in Manhattan. And uh, he was initiated. And he goes, oh, the motherfucker's coming for me. Oh, and even in his, even in his uh, deathbed, really, he had a sense about himself, and, and I, I, I tried to talk to him. He goes, he goes, ah, oh, he goes, oh man, uh, you think anybody will remember me? And I said, I'll make sure that I'll talk about you every every chance I get. And it was really heartbreaking because I was there with him when he was offered Saturday Night Live, but he couldn't read. You know, he was offered uh, before Eddie. He yeah. was offered. He couldn't read. Yeah, he, I heard that. He had dyslexia. I, I hung around all summer, but it, it compensated. For example, he would. He would, you would read something to him, and he got it, you know. And I remember uh, reading with him. He was going to audition for, uh, for, he had seen Saturday Night Live. He had gone through two steps. The, the next step was to get that, that show. 
but he, he he was unable to uh, read the cue cards. To read the cue cards, you know. And he, but he, he was a, a genius. No he doubt. doesn't he doesn't have his picture on his IMDb page. I'm about ready to go pay for it so that he can have a picture on his IMDb. Well, if page. I could help you, send me the bill. I'm, I'm serious though because that that bothered me when I looked him up. I was looking him up a few weeks ago, and I was like, that that's fucked up. Charlie Barnett should should have been for those of us that knew him. Uh, like I said, I rank him as the funniest uh, stand-up of all time because uh, for several things. One, uh, he worked all forms. You know, in, in his short life, he. It was fantastic. He was the movie in DC Cab. Well, he had the only real scene in that movie where he where he takes off the wig. And and he did a, and he did a lot of ad lib. You know, a lot of that wasn't on the script. He wrote he drove Joel Schumacher crazy. You know, because he because he grab on Joe. Uh, uh, Joel Schumacher is gay. I'm, I'm I'm not outing him, or I hope I'm not. But uh, but Charlie would 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 cross that line with him. And he and he would hop on his lap and start kissing him. You know, you know, you want this little brother. You know, you, you know, you want. And and, and, and he would he would you know. And uh, Schumacher's a very serious guy, but he'd get away with it. He had he had license to, to do things I never saw anybody do before. He Paul, was, I, I gotta I gotta say, man, and, and listen, obviously, uh, you know, again, I'm born in '75. I'm mm -hmm. an '80s baby. Mm -hmm. So I remember, you know, I was a kid when DC5 mm -hmm. was out. And, and I always say to Andy, what's so surreal is we grow up looking at these people. Mm -hmm. And if you would have said to me as a kid sitting mm -hmm. in a theater, eating popcorn with my dad, you're going to do a podcast with this guy right there. Charlie Barnett. It, it, it would, it would, it, no, no, you. <laughs> it, 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 I would have been like, get the fuck out of here. So it's like growing up in the 80s. And seeing you and knowing how long you've been in the game, and you, when you you just reminded me, Ali, and mm -hmm. then I'm hearing you talk about Local Slam, which I remember too. I didn't know you were a part of that. I did the I did the don't toot my own horn, but I did the HBO live from San Quentin first. I did it live. So I'm I'm saying all of that all mm -hmm. of that to say I almost feel like I want to apologize to you, brother, because <laughs> I knew you was Paul Rodriguez, you know, legend in comedy, but. Now it's starting to. Now that I'm hearing your records, I'm going, holy shit, this motherfucker really like a heavyweight for real. Well, you know, I, I the, the it, it's a mutual uh, respect for you because I, I befriended you, watching you, your work, you know. And I said, you know, I got to work with him. I told you for many many times I was looking for a project to work with you because I, I I, I saw someone very talented and and I still think you and I uh, there's there's a few things we're going to do you know I mean it, it's a it's a great compliment from coming from you you know that uh, I I think at the time I, w I was uh I had a lot of opportunities I wasn't really prepared at, at the time but again you said it at the beginning of this podcast that uh sometimes uh, the things you chase in life you don't catch is somehow there's those things that chase you because there's so many people that come from Hollywood I, I'll give you an example I did a movie with Clint Eastwood a really good part. Uh, uh, it was called Blood Work, and it, and it was with Angelica Houston and, 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 and Jeff Daniels. Great cast, you know. And uh, the the um, the reviewer in uh, San Diego for the Union said uh, this part uh, given to Paul Rodriguez was a, a waste. Uh, I mean, it, he says there are so many other capable actors that could have done such a job. And and uh, I never read my reviews. Uh, no matter how good they say you are, you're, you're not, I don't think they're that good or how bad. But I, I looked this guy up, and, and I was in San Diego, and I said, I said, here's what you, here's what you're missing. Uh, you're saying that I should have told Clint Eastwood, uh, don't give me this part. I don't deserve it. Uh, give it to somebody else. You know, somebody more prepared. I said, are you serious? 
uh, Clint Eastwood, I went through the same thing uh, through the process, and I, I sat there and I felt I earned it. I think if you're personal, whether you think my performance is good or not, it, it doesn't matter. You're not being realistic that I should have that that this part was wasted on me. Fuck you. I mean, uh, 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 would you have turned this down? Somewhere out there, somebody can review uh, uh, something better than you can. Should should you turn this job down because you're not as qualified as some some dude that can review this better? And you know, and and he he was surprised that I would take the time to come and, and look him up and go, what the fuck is with you, man? I take I take this personal. You're saying that what you're saying. You didn't say he could have done this. He could have done. No, he said uh, somebody else should have done that. I said, well, fuck yeah. They didn't. I got it, and somebody else could review. They aren't because you got it, and that's the logic you're using. So fuck you. You got no validity with me. And that's Tro- trolls come in all forms, don't they? <laughs> I mean, but think about that. The the idiocy of it all. If you yeah. if you would have gave me some criticism, like if you would have just done this or played it like that, I, I could probably work with that. I can't work with. I'm sorry, Clint. I'm I'm going to turn down your money because there's a, a myriad, of, like you said, a, a myriad of uh, other qualified. Well, those motherfuckers didn't get it, did they? They didn't get up. They they had, didn't have the right age or whatever it is. I got it, and it wasn't like I sucked his dick or nothing. I got it, you know. And I think Clint would work with me again, you know. And, and, and so fuck you and anybody who would turn down a part to work with Clint Eastwood, who would? I mean, right. So fuck him. I'm a boxing fanatic. <laughs> so when you, I remember uh, Freddie Pacheco yeah. was Ali's cut yes. man, wasn't he? Yeah. Yes. Uh, and you know, it's so sad because I got a story about that that I got to tell you. Yeah. And, and I hope Will uh, Smith will, will understand. The real Freddie Pacheco goes at, in in in, um, in in Miami, drunk, and very angry that Andy Garcia is not playing his part. Right. Really, Michael Mann even showed me a picture. He says, get rid of the Mexicans. Show me a note that the guy, the guy was drunk as shit. He goes uh, and starts using the N-word with Will Smith. I mean, literally. He was drunk. Unsaid? Unsaid. Starts calling him this. He was just out of his mind so bad that they had to call the cops. Right? Oh, shit. After that, I think Will never saw me the same because I, I, I've done a picture with him before. We're very friendly. But in Africa, this animosity, and I figured maybe he's role-playing. Maybe he's a, what do you call an actor who's a... Uh, method. Uh, he's a method actor. I said, maybe so. But it got really bad. It got to the point where I was, there was a scene where I was tying his gloves, and he goes, you really don't know what the fuck you're doing, do you? And I go, I said, and I tried to talk to him. I said, well, you know, uh, that's Paul Rodriguez, man. I'm not that guy. Whatever he said to you, it wasn't me, man. I don't understand the animosity. It got, re- it got re- really, really bad, and... Uh, I, I've never talked about it. I think I mentioned it on the radio, and it, it got on TMZ or whatever it is, you know. And but uh, I got much love for Will. I hope Will. Uh, I hope that he was method acting. I can't think of one thing that Wait, I. Wait, Will, Will took it out on you? Yeah, yeah. Because you were so you because you became Freddy to him. I, I, I guess. But, but this man was really evil. To, I mean, he cussed him out. Used the N word. I mean, Look at the, there was a great cast of Michael T. Uh, uh, Williams who plays uh, who was Bubba Gump, you know, and he played Don King. Uh, yeah, Don King, and you know, uh, I'm gonna tell you, I, I'm gonna tell you to me who was the best guy in the movie more than Will, Jamie Foxx. Jamie Foxx, yeah. Jamie Foxx, Bundini Brown, Bundini. He, I thought wow, he, he should have got nominated for that one. Right? Wow, wow, and, and Will, Will was wow. I mean, he, look when we were in Mozambique, I mean, this is three, three, this three, three, almost three months in Africa. You know, we're in Mozambique, and and Will it looked. A plus. He, he was looked fa- fantastic. The performance was was in and out. Fant- fantastic, man. In and out for me, you know, Paul. And I, 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 I'm telling you, it, it hurts my heart to know 
that someone that uh, I've had love and admiration for, to this day, I don't know what I did, uh, but after that, he never saw me the same. And I was cut out of the movie, really. Um, I, I'm in the movie all over. My lines were, were cut, and uh, I, I was relegated to nothing. And that hurt because I did, I did a lot to get, earn this part. I read. I went over and over. It was between me and uh, Ferrer. Uh, Jose, uh, what's his name? Uh, Jose Ferrer's his father. Uh, he's a very, very talented actor. He was on 24. You see me, and uh, and uh, man, I, I really want this part, and I really uh, took uh, everything I did. I, I changed my voice, tried to, you know, you know, Ali, uh, tried to do everything. And when I got it, it was a, it was a wonderful time in my life. I was working with a eight class, but after that, it got it got so bad where we went to meet Nelson Mandela. You know, we'll never saw me the same. I mean, before you know, we did a. Uh, made in America with uh, Whoopi, and he was, uh, I think it was one of his first movies. Man, I love the guy, man. I mean, J- just guy. so I understand, so f- the real Freddie Pacheco, real, real Pacheco did whatever he did yeah. to cause Will to turn against you? I can't think of anything else that I did. Why would I want to? Uh, I didn't start anything with him, you know? And he, it just, he just, it was just mistreated through the whole thing, you know? It was, it was really b- bad. It's something that I've always tried to correct. I've always felt like, a, like a, maybe. Raising, what, maybe we should reach out to him. I should reach out to him and go, man. This has been, this has been uh, almost uh, what is it now? Uh, 10, 15 years. Uh, you know, what was it? What I do? You know, um, because there wasn't even. Uh, I mean, I, the part that I had had a lot of lines, man. This Freddie Pacheco was very important in Ali's life. There were three people in Ali's life. Even the the the, the, uh, the black Muslims couldn't take these people away from Ali. It was uh, Angelo Dundee. And Freddie Pacheco. And Freddie Pacheco did a lot of work for uh, for boxers and African Americans. He had a clinic in Harlem. He uh, did a lot of pro bono work. He was, he was a nice man. But he was drunk that day, and he was awful. I wasn't on set, but everybody told me, he goes, oh, man. And after that, I was never, you know, because I was in that inner circle, man. I was tying his gloves. I was in the ring. I was talking. I had lines. The, 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 you know, and when, when I saw the movie, I was... I don't, I don't say one word, one word. And I had a lot of scenes, and I don't understand if he cut him out of history. But you can't cut somebody out of history. You know, you know for, let's put uh, Bill Cosby, for example. He's a brilliant comic. He did a lot of, a lot of things. Are, are all his good works are, are worthless, valueless? No. You know? I mean, you know what I'm saying? Is he not? None of the, what he, he didn't exist. Now he's just all bad. Nobody's all bad, all good. I to this day I don't know what is it if if, if Will could uh, tell me go look man you did this and you did that to me you offended me then I then I will say whoa I did that man I'm, I'm sorry I didn't. I've never said a bad word or disrespected him or anything or uh, and I, to this day this podcast ever reaches anybody who knows him tell him that I got nothing but love for Will I mean he, the Latino community loves him which is crazy because Will is one of the nicest guys in the business isn't it I, that's that was my that was my uh, 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 opinion. I'd worked with him before. I mean, when, when I got the part, he was driving his roles one time. He goes, hey, the director likes you. I think we're going to work. I mean, I was thrilled. Thanks, man. Thanks, well, you know. I was walking, flying on air. But after that situation, see, this is the only thing I can attribute it to because I never said a, a crossword. I would never use that word uh, with anyone. It's not a part of my vocabulary. But did know? anything happen between you and the real Freddie Pacheco to maybe make him feel like he was, he had to do that? I never, I never spoke to the man. I never spoke to, I never saw the man. Wow. Years later, when he passed away, his daughter contacted me. He says, Daddy wanted me to tell you how sorry he was for the things he said about you, 
uh, he, Michael Mann, look, I'm saying it publicly. Michael Mann, show me a note where uh, Ferdy Pacheco said, get rid of the Mexican. Yeah? Get rid of the Mexican and uh, 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 get Andy Garcia. And I know, and I saw, I saw it. I testified to it on a second Bible. And, and he was physically, the cops came and took him physically out of there. He was that out of control. He hollered at Will. He went to his dressing room, called him the N-word, insulted the hell out of him. But I still think that Will should have been able to be big enough to know, this is Paul Rodriguez. This is my friend. We're, we're good, you know? Yeah. Let's, let, the, what, the but, script, I was cut out. I was, I was, but like you said, wow. maybe it was his method of acting, and maybe it was because his animosity towards the real Freddie Pacheco. Yeah, but at some point, the director yells, cut. Yeah, yeah. exactly. You know what I mean? So, so, I, I would like to just probably say that uh, I've got nothing but respect, and if I never work with Will again, that's fine. I'm not doing this for a job. I mean, my, my days are behind me, but I want to say that I've never had a, a bad thought or have had anything negative, and I would like to, before I hit the grave, find out what is it, Will? What did I personally do? It wasn't me who called you that. It wasn't me on the set. It wasn't me drunk. I'm Paul Rodriguez, man. I'm the same guy. I never changed that, you know. Uh, but after that, he, his, he, was, he was just physically, he was mean to me. He was just a get the fuck out of here. You know what you what just would not see me. And I told him several wow. times, said, if you're unhappy with me, put my brown ass on a plane. I go, I'll leave, you know. What? what? I, I, I don't understand. And, and, and the abuse got, got, got verbal, got worse to the point where I said, fuck it. You know, fuck it. You, know, you don't want me here. I, I get the fuck out of here. I don't need this. You know, because because Jamie Foxx and I, 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 great friends. You know, I put him in a in a special. I, I saw him in, you know, Jamie Foxx. Before Jamie was Jamie, I put him in a a uh, one of my, a special that I had on Fox. I recognize his talent. Still do. Genius, really. And, uh, and we were good. But after that, after the fifth, they were shooting the Fifth Street Gym, and and. Uh, you know, Voight, uh, John Voight, uh, Ron Silver. I mean, the cast is stellar, right? Yeah. And uh, I was so proud to be on that. And after that, uh, that incident, Will wasn't the Will I knew. I wasn't, I wasn't in on that. You know, I wasn't invited on that thing. I wasn't, it wasn't the warmth, you know. I didn't go on the safari with him. I, you know, I, I felt, I feel like I would want to know, was, do you think that I put him up to it? I mean, why would I put, it doesn't make no sense. The, you know, I say all the time, man, this uh, on this podcast, uh, this show business thing is one of the biggest mysteries to me on the planet. Well, it's something it, that it, I... it's, it's it's like yes, there is a level of a listness mm-hmm. that you can get to where it seems like it's a secret society, and until you get in that clubhouse, anything else is just a big fucking mystery. But... Even as I sit here and hear you name some of the people you've worked with, mm-hmm. Clint Eastwood, mm-hmm. this person, that person. You go Russell Crowe. Russell Crowe, uh, and I work with Russell Crowe, of course, mm-hmm. on Jerry Maguire. Mm-hmm. When you do these high-profile movies and you work with these A-list stars, and then you hear some people like you said to, and then there was a lull. Mm-hmm. How could there be a lull when you're working with the top-tier people mm-hmm. with quality work? Mm-hmm. Why is there a lull? I don't know. It's this shit is unbelievable to me. Uh, but I don't know. You know, it's, it's a, if if I never work again. Uh, I'd like to. I'd like to before I, I, I'm gone to find out what is it that I did. Not 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 Freddie Pacheco. That's his problem. But even if Freddie, even if Pacheco did these uh, horrible things, you cannot erase his history. He was part of uh, uh, Ali's life, a very important part. Right. You know, and uh, and that that uh, I, to this day I don't know. I'd like to get on the phone. I'd like, I'd like to uh, through my agent, whatever. Uh, I'd like to let him know that. 
I got nothing but love for him, but I'm more than that. Yeah, I'm angry. I didn't deserve the kind of treatment I got. I'm not kissing ass to nothing. I didn't just, he, he mistreated me, and he knows it. And if he did that thinking that, uh, because what Pacheco did, then let's air it out. It's been long enough. Uh, it wasn't me. I've never said anything negative or derogatory. All I'm saying right now is the truth. So you haven't seen him since? Not, not seen him since. I figured we'd run into each other somewhere. You know, I'm at the studios all the time, but I, I don't know. I, I don't know. I, it's a mystery to me because I know this happened. I know this happened with, with Pacheco, but I also know I'm playing his part. I'm not that man. I can't carry his sins. Yeah. Hmm? Well, I got, I got, I got more. If you got a few more minutes, just a few minutes, I got, I got a couple I'm questions. Here. Uh, Gary Busey, you got to work in that. That's before his mm-hmm. his accident and everything. Mm-hmm. Is there? Is he different? Was is he different now than he was then? Was he always a crazy motherfucker? Yeah, he was crazy. I, I, I want to know something. I can say, <laughs> I can say this now. I got a good story about him. We were in, uh, we were in uh, Washington D.C. There was a lot of blow there at the time. So much blow that the mayor, who later got convicted for it, was right. on the set doing doing blow with Topper Carew. <laughs> Are you serious? I'm serious. I saw it myself. That's crazy. You know, I don't know. I didn't see Topper snort, but I saw the I saw the right. the mayor do that. And I went, damn, that's the mayor. Uh, Gary Bruce comes to my room, and he goes, Come on, Rodriguez, we're gonna go get some shit. I ran out. I said, what? He says, uh, Any black people in the corner, they got it. I go, uh, Gary, man, you're out of your fucking mind. What are you talking about? Uh, so we get in, we get in this car, our driver, we go to, uh, the Florida grill area. Bad. It's bad. I'm City talking about New York. Dude. I, no, this is Washington DC. Oh shit. I'm sorry. Yeah. It's bad ghetto. Bad. I mean, I, I'm from Compton. I know bad when I see it. Uh, he sees a couple of, uh, dudes, uh, in the corner, black guys. He goes, just wait for me here. Big old white boy. <laughs> I'm in the car. Now, I think that to this day, the reason he didn't get shot or we got shot, because they were sure we were cops. We had to be. Right. What, what else? Who else would go out there? I'm in my car. I'm going, oh, this is bad, bad, something bad. And he's out there going, come on. You got, you got some cocaine? You got some, some cocaine? Right? And they're going, nah, nah, we ain't got no motherfucking cocaine. And they're looking at me, and I'm, I'm just looking at them. I said, let them think we're cops. We're dead here. You know, he goes, oh, man. I said, I said, Gary, let's get the fuck back here. You know, the, your 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 dealer, whoever was dealing for that. The, see, at the time, cocaine wasn't uh, they had that stigma. They, it was it was blatantly used everywhere on the set. Because it wasn't addictive at the no, time. That's what know, they said. They everybody said. was using it. Yeah. They used to put it on a part of the uh, the uh, under transportation. They put cocaine. You know, the the budget for it. And uh, his wife, not not the current one. I just saw him not too long ago. Went to my room um, uh, about a week later and said, "I wish. Can I talk to you?" I said, "Yeah. I wish you would stop." Supply my husband with cocaine, and I said, uh, "I think uh, uh, I don't know how to tell you this, but I'm not the one supplying. He's the one supplying me. <laughs> so, so, you know, uh, uh, I love the guy. I, I hope he's over it. I mean, those of us who used the use it, uh, those of us who are alive, stop. Those who didn't are dead. The '80s was a crazy, crazy time. And I'm ten years older than him. I grew up in the '80s." Everybody. I was a DJ at a, at, a, at a nightclub. I went to NBC one time. Uh, uh, one of the guys, uh, one of the executives there said, here, we'll just bring it out on the table. Here, you have a line. And it was not something that was hidden. It was it was open. Everybody used yeah. it. It didn't start really getting bad till uh, people started to drop dead, you know. Uh, I think there was a pivotal point when when uh, Belushi, yeah. uh, that shocked everybody. Uh, and then uh, a couple other people that went that way. But... 
but that's my Gary Busey story. He was he was a crazy guy. We went to a we went to see a band. Went to see Roy Orbison. Roy Orbison's a good friend of mine. He was high as hell, you know. And uh, I follow him, and we we walk in there. He wants to go backstage, and these these uh, big old security guards says, "Where are you going?" He goes, "I'm Gary Busey. Didn't you see this?" And I don't give a shit who you are. He He's hollering at at the Roy Orbison. Right, right, it's me, right. Finally, they let us in. You know? <laughs> uh, this, this is Paul Rodriguez. We're doing a movie here. And Roy knows him, you know, because he had done something. Robbie Robertson and him were. But these guys didn't really know. But it, it, I remember his calling card was the Buddy Holly story. Come on. He got the glasses. Hey, Buddy Holly. Hey, hey. You know, <laughs> <laughs> and, and, uh, and we were in the dressing room with Roy Orbison. And he's going, yeah, you're all right. You don't have to wear those glasses all the time. You know, I t- t- look, Rodriguez. He, 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 Roy said, no, no, leave me alone, Jim. He's trying to take Roy's glasses off. <laughs> he was out of control. And I was like, damn, I'm glad to meet Roy Orbison. So you, you never, you never, uh, you were always able to steer clear of that life and, and those temptations? No, man. I, I did coke with uh, with Sam Kinison. Let me ask you, Paul, because I, 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 I did a lot of coke. Man. I smoke weed, man. Yeah. And I always said, I'm too old to try coke now. And yeah. I got an addictive personality. Right, I'm right. 44. But if I had a guarantee that I could survive it, mm-hmm. I, I'd been curious about it. What is it like? It's not good anymore. Well, well, let me tell you something. I think a lot of comics, a lot of us use coke because prior co- use coke. We, prior use coke, we're going to use coke. You know, that, that had a lot to do with it, you know. And, and it was around a lot. Right. Uh, it, was, it was around. Freddie Prince did coke, you know. So you start to say to yourself, maybe that's, maybe that's what I'm missing. Maybe that's what I need. And I never really had a, a bad coke habit because to tell the truth, I'm cheap. <laughs> the stuff's too expensive, you know. You know, I'm talking about $80 thing, $100 for a little thing. Yeah, 80s, it was $350 for an eight ball. Yeah, now, but, now you get out for a hundred dollars, you get a whole eight ball. But uh, but I remember, I remember Sam Kennison. Not that I'm buying any, I just know <laughs> Sam Kennison in the back of the the comedy store. Uh, it was flowing all the time. Argus Hamilton, uh, Mike Binder, all these people, they they got off of it and survived. You know, I simply wasn't hooked enough that that I had to go to rehab or nothing. I just simply I would use it because because you know Mincy would throw these parties at her house. Uh, but how did it make you feel? Like, what did it do? Oh, well, it, I'll tell you what it is. Get some glass, ordinary glass, grind it up, and snort it up your nose. <laughs> and uh, and then you'll have a good feeling for like, I don't know, 30 seconds. And uh, and then the rest of the time, you'll, you'll just keep doing more to, to reach that level. But I never really got that bad, and I used it. I used it a lot. Right. And, it, and, it, and there was a lot of girls. You know, girls it was great for sex. The, 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 the bad thing about Coke is that you... You, it makes you horny as hell, but your you dick don't work. <laughs> so that it can't be great for sex. No, but you know, it, right? I can't tell you how many times I, I was at the Playboy Mansion, and and uh, back then all the girls wanted you, you got any, you got any You know, you had blow. I had blow at home. Yeah, I got it. You know, you, you bring them to the pad, and and here's this girl ready to give you anything you want, and your dick don't work. You know, you're out there calling your friends. You need a pill. You get a bag. So it's a very insidious drug. It was never for me. Uh, I love marijuana. I smoke marijuana, but uh, my weight, I don't control, so I don't do that. I used to drink a lot, and, and I'm going to spend the rest of my life apologizing to all the bullshit things that I did. On uh, Now I'm down to uh, a cigarette and maybe a beer once in a while, you know. Right. I don't you, weed's them. done what? completely? Yeah, I, I, I can't. I love it, but if I, if, I, uh, if I get on weed, I will go in there and clean my refrigerator. I'll leave really? everything there. Edibles? Did you do edibles? I've done edibles. I've done edibles, but it, it isn't my drug anymore simply because... Uh, you know, look at me. I'm here. I'm at the house. I, I got a cat and two chihuahuas. Basically, you know, I'm, I, I'm not. I don't go out in nightlife. Uh, yeah. Was there something that made you just go? 
I'm done. Like with Coke, like did what was the stopping point? Prior. Yeah. Uh, but no, we were using it after prior. I think what made me uh, stop do, doing Coke is I, I began to see a lot of my friends, just uh, Richard Jenny, uh, just the bad things it does. Right. The, 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 the price wasn't worth the, the thrill, you know, right. because uh, you would do it in a sexy in a party and then you couldn't have sex. So it was just a, it was a very, it was a kind of a drug that just uh, totally falls. You know, it was, it was a smoke and mirrors really you know yeah it, it gave you an illusion of being in control but, but you weren't in control and and you, everybody knew it was coked up you know you you're a brown man the white really shows up you know right. and 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 you can't work on it you know because you, your teeth are grinding you know, and you're up all night um, no I, I never even got to the pills um i quit drinking and i um if i can quit smoking i'd be good you know? Look, I, I got one last thing mm. i want to ask you man because again when i came out to california it was in 93 mm. And I think I was 18 years old. It was and, fun then. Yeah. <laughs> That's a fun. Well, like, when you look at the history of the comedy store mm. and all the stories and all mm. the people. And, and look, look, you, Pryor, a lot of the... Uh, I've seen all the greats. Robin Williams. You guys came up when, when you were younger, Mitzi was younger. Yes. And it felt like a family where she paid attention to you. Dude, when I, when I When I got there, it felt like, yeah, she was still hiring comics. But she didn't feel ab- about us mm-hmm. the way she felt about y'all. Mm-hmm. She wouldn't nurture us the way she nurtured y'all because y'all were her. Y'all came up together. Mitzi led me into uh, into her confidence. Uh, I love that. That woman was like my mother in this business. To this day, you go to a comic store and there's people who have small pictures. I have a there's a big picture of me, Arsenio. Uh, she she had her favorites and I I was one of them. Uh, I loved her. You know, I went to her funeral. It was very, very, very sad. She was like mother of comedy. She knew more about comedy than, than anybody, really. She started the comedy store and everything. Uh, she, she had her own uh, picadillos, but she would throw these parties, Aries. She would throw these parties that, that were unbelievably special. I remember being in a room with Pryor, uh, uh, Letterman, uh, just, the, just the elites in this, in this room, just... Just drinking it, and I would say to myself, "Damn, <laughs> you know, I'm in this. Just to be in this room with these people, you were somebody, you know." And uh, the who's who of, of comedy at the time was there, you know. Uh, she threw a party for me when I got AK Pablo, and and Jim Carrey was there taking pictures of my, my parents, and I still have them. And Jim Carrey's a nice guy, you know. We came up together. And everybody knew he was a huge talent. She threw a party for him when when he got a TV series. Uh, uh, and, and anytime one of us succeeded, you know, she threw a party with Sam Kennison, got uh, Saturday Night Live. We all watched it there, and it was very, very. My first job was babysitting Paulie Shore. I remember getting paid with a three or four bucks an hour, you know. And, uh, you, I went to her house. I got to know her in the good times or bad times. She uh, she sent presents to my mom and dad, you know, uh, and uh, you know she she was. Uh, she was very, very good to me. I know Mitzi was not good. Uh, if you were going to audition with Mitzi, make sure you're ready because you never got a second chance. She was generous to me. Argus Hamilton was there from the beginning. Paul Mooney. Uh, Paul is a difficult guy to, to uh, befriend, but I've been lucky to have his friend or friendship over the years. got great respect, and I understand he's not well now. Paulie, if you're listening to this, get well. We love you. And uh, so I was in that circle, you know. She threw the... the uh, comedy, comedy show's 25th anniversary special. I still have the, the, uh, the sign, 
That lineup is majestic, you know. It's uh, Richard Pryor, uh, Robin Williams, Paul Rodriguez, Yakov Smirnoff, Roseanne Barr, uh, Jim Carrey, Arsenio Hall. You know, oh, how we well. you know, that way, and she did it at the, she uh, filmed it. That was uh, that was unbelievable. And I was one of the few guys that I was able to work the the improv with no repercussions. I did the improv's 15th anniversary special with uh, Robin, Billy Crystal, uh, uh, Martin Mull, uh, uh, Lewis. Uh, Richard Lewis. Oh, Richard Lewis. Oh, yeah. Richard Lewis. Uh, very elite. I was able to go back and forth. And she wouldn't get mad. Very few people could do that. So, so uh, when she passed away, it was, it was like losing your own mom, you know. So, so I was in that. What happened to me? And I, I was in the I mean, before George Lopez came along, and I, he deserves every every success. I don't think he's. What happened with me is that I more or less quit for eight years to work on the water uh, rights here in California. You know. I, uh, I, I formed a group, uh, we got the signatures, and we passed the water bond. So I went to, so it took a long time. I worked with Arnold Schwarzenegger, and I got involved into politics. And, and um, uh, you know, I left that and come back in an eight years. So what I've been trying to do is trying to catch up. I would do this or that, but I turned down a lot of things that I shouldn't have turned down, and I don't regret it. You know, it was uh, the organization that I formed uh, uh, that, that passed the water bond. A lot of people don't know, but... Uh, California uh, is two reservoirs short, you know, and, and water is something that uh, that uh, the farms, you know, and I knew Cesar Chavez, so when they called me to battle, I worked closely with uh, Schwarzenegger all through his administration, and uh, he, he uh, appointed me to the film commission, and he uh, appointed me to the water board, and uh, I turned that down. I, I, I don't know anything about water. I, I knew how to get the votes, and, and it passed, and I worked with the farmers, and I even had an opportunity to uh, take over the the Senate of uh, a state Senate when he retired early, because of some problems. I, I, I got offered, and I said, "Well, you know, I'm not a, I'm not into a, I'm not a politician. I have no re- no reason for that." But, but uh, you know, I, I've done just about everything there's to do. I've done plays lately. I, I've been I did um, Steam Bath, and I wrote a couple of plays, and they're being performed. And I'm currently producing a couple of shows in Spanish television, and I'm uh, pitching a couple of shows. So, but. Uh, you know, I had my day. Every, every they say that every dog has his day. I've had a week, so there, there's no, uh, there's no. Uh, Hollywood doesn't know me anything. You know? I'm still every day. I'm surprised that that you know from where I come from that, that I have a house and that I was able to take care of my parents. And life is good, you know. I'm I'm, I'm ready to fade away, you know. I'm, I'll always work, but uh, I'm, there's no angst. There's no like I need to do this. Um, you look at my 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 history and and. Uh, Everything there's to do, as far as Latinos, I did it, and I did it first, you know. So The coolest thing about you listening to you from just sitting here is uh, when you talk about the room, and you talk about all the people in the room, mm. and you still see yourself as the uh, outsider in the Fly room. In the, of course, man. You're, you were in the room, dude. i got to tell you, of my course. family, when, when, my, when we saw you, when I saw you for the very first time, I, and I again, I talk about this, that... I relate mainly like I'm a white guy in this mm-hmm. this world because I Mexicans didn't see me as Mexican. They saw me as the white dude. So I, I didn't get that. But in my house, I mean, it was a very Latin house. You know, my, my mom's Mexican, my, my family. I'm sorry to hear that. No. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, but, but that's how we grew up. And you were a big dude. You were you were the dude. You were a big deal. You the I, one had dude. I, the could, I had my day I had my day in the could, sun. But, but it's still, compared to the people that I – you understand, I, I, I'm, I'm there with Pryor and I – I, Mitzi Short, the first uh, job I got, I drove him around, you know, I drove Pryor around. I was, uh, 
you know, uh, Jim, he was a good friend of his, uh, uh, Jim Brown, you know. Oh, oh man, you know. Uh, probably liked the fact that I was from Compton, so, you know, I had black cred, and, and, uh, <laughs> and it, was, it was so cool, but, uh, you know, the, to see the likes of a, when you're in the room with the likes of a, of a Robin, a Letterman, a, a, you know, who else was there? Uh, Sammy Shore. Uh, just the who's who at the time of those comics. You, you say to yourself, Man, they're gonna find out. <laughs> yeah, I'm an illegal alien. I jumped this fence. I'm here. Right. You know? But but they all were there because they broke new ground, and so did you. That's, that's I did. your spot. I, I, I did break that ground. I, I was the first Mexican American. I did the Tonight Show, and I did it 12 times. And Johnny Carson called me the first time I did it. That was a. I've had a lot of great success in my life. What I'm saying is that I, I got no regrets. You know, no regrets whatsoever. I don't know. You know, Aries and I were talking about the, my man passing away. Uh, you know, Johnny, he, he, Johnny passing away. I was there when he had that fight with Eddie Murphy, as a matter of fact. Uh, but uh, uh, is, this the, is this the fight I heard about where he approached Eddie for stealing material? I was, no, he, he, Eddie was on, he just came from New York. He, was, he, he had just signed a million dollar. He had done a, a, a Beverly Hills Cop, and he was a hot stuff, and he went up on stage, and he, he was on there about uh, half an hour, which everybody understands that you do that for a guy of that stature. And uh, Johnny Witherspoon got on his case. I don't give a shit where you from. He got Later they became good friends, you know. Paul uh, Moody uh, arbitrated that. And, but I was there. I've, I've, been, I've had a lot of firsts, you know. I was there at the, at the Laugh Factory when uh, Michael Richards had that had problem. You know, I've had a, a lot. <laughs> I've been in, in, in very pivotal historical moments in comedy in person. And, uh, you know, just... Uh, it's, it's just, it's been a good ride. You know? I got I got two things. I got to get these. I'm sorry. Uh, you, you mentioned Jim Carrey, yes. Mitzi. Yes. So when Jim Carrey did the... the uh, His life stage was unlike anything you see. He got a seven innovations every night. But when he did the the, the, the loosely based uh, comedy store... Uh, Andy Coffin? Uh, no, the, I'm di- yeah, the, I'm, no, the I'm, I'm Dying Up Here. Uh, the the series. Oh, oh yeah. No, it, it was not. That's not my memory of it. It, it was not. Did you see? So you didn't get behind it or feel like that had. No, it. I, I didn't get behind it. It had nothing to do with it. But I saw it, and if it was supposed to be a, a thing, it, it wasn't like that at all. You didn't. You didn't connect with it then. No, no. Because that's what I hear from a lot of people that had anything. They, there, there's ghost of images of some things no, that have gone. But the not. real story was even more interesting. At one time, Mitzi would uh, would house those comedians with promise above the comedy store. Right. At one time, uh, it was roommates with Kennison, who was there, uh, Dice. Uh, Carries there briefly, but Mandel was. Uh, there was about six. The, the who's who at one time, you know. I was there for a couple of weeks, and I got my opportunity, and and uh, that was more interesting because at that time you, you'd see a guy pop into town, and boom, you knew. Look, before Jim Carrey came, the main guy was a guy named Danny Gans. You know, he owned the. Oh, he owns Vegas. He, he owned he's, the. Yeah. He owned the impersonation. He he owned the, the impersonation. When uh, Jim Carrey came in. There was just no room. He went off to Vegas. You know? There was there was nobody. Uh, Carrie uh, would do things like uh, he would do obscure people. He'd do uh, this guy from the Highway Patrol <laughs> every night, and then he'd do this whole thing about uh, uh, Jane Jane Fonda, Jane Fonda, and it, he would become this person. You know, and everybody saw it. I, I remember uh, Jimmy and I. We went to read for a, a movie called. Uh, uh, about a helicopter pilot's blue, blue uh, something, and we're at his house and we're reading, trying to get this part. And, and that that director didn't get us. He he got uh, Fisher, uh, this guy named Fisher, and somebody else uh, got the parts. And and uh, Jim and I were very disappointed. And I said, well, man, don't worry about it, man. One day this this fool will want to work with you, and you'll get your revenge. You know, I remember we used to go eat at the at at the 
now it's Mel's. It used to be Ben Frank's. You know, all the comics would get together, we'd all sit around him, and um, he'd, he'd wonder if he'd ever have enough money to get a car, and we'd all go, D- yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I think, I think, I think you will. I'm putting my money on the fact you will. And right. I just read not too long ago, he, he just bought another jet. So, so when I run into right. him again, I'm going to go, uh, did you ever get that car? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Give me a job, motherfucker. But, uh, yeah, Howie Mandel. Uh, now, he, he was carpet salesman, right, or something like that? Howie Mandel came from Canada, and he got that. And I did my first HBO uh, uh, Detroit Comedy Jam with Mike Binder. And Howie Mandel still is one of the most unbelievable. I saw him in, at Mid, uh, Midway Airport uh, take the microphone on, on December and say, uh, uh, ladies and gentlemen, all flights have been canceled. And the place went berserk. I mean, he couldn't do that today. <laughs> uh, I've never saw anybody do things like, uh, uh, let's, let's, let's also mention somebody uh, uh, that passed away uh, recently. Um, Jesus, my, my mind, I'm going, uh, Alzheimer's. The, the, um, Jesus, uh, he passed away from Arizona. Uh, Oh, God, we were, we were oh, oh, yeah, I, I know. Uh, he had a heart attack. Yeah, yeah. yeah. He had that uh, show. Gary Shanlin. Gary, Gary Shanlin. Yeah. The great late Gary Shanlin. I uh, used to be his opening act and, uh, for this uh, uh, this uh, small-time manager. Uh, he, would, he would do outrageous things. He went down to St. Mary's, a Catholic church, and, and uh, the, the manager, the guy that they actually did the, the movie, um, uh, Woody Allen did that movie about him, Dan, Danny Rose. His real name was uh, Booker, was it? Uh, and uh, he told him, "Look, these are goyim. Don't, 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 don't say nothing." And, and Gary opens up with a season nine. She goes, "You're gonna tell me you never sucked a dick?" The whole place went quiet and then exploded. He, he was just, he was just this outrageous shit, you know. Gary Muldeer and people like that. And the unknown comic was the most famous guy when I was coming up. He, he was the man. Hmm. And of course, Mike Binder's a great director now. And, and uh, oh, so many things. Did you, um, Andy Kaufman, did you? Yes, yes, I, Andy Kaufman. I remember I had a date with, uh, it wasn't a date, we were good friends, we, with uh, the Golden Girl, uh, the main one that, 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 that died uh, not too long ago. Oh, shit, all of them. Yeah, except Betty White. Uh, yeah, Betty White's still there, but. Uh, I know what you're talking Ruth about. McClanahan. She's playing Maude. Mod, Mod, yeah, yeah. exactly. Oh. She, was on, she was in a series, A.K. Pablo, with me, and uh, she calls me up with, he goes, let's go see this guy, you know. We sat there at the improv in, in front row, and, and she doesn't like him. She's saying, "You find this funny? What an asshole!" And I said, and "I said, don't don't say too loud because he he'll he'll uh, he'll, he'll get." He, he, you know, we sat too close. I said, "Just I was afraid that Andy was going to go off," but for about thirty minutes, he uh, he sang Mickey Mouse, uh, Mighty Mouse, and she said, "Let's get the fuck out of here. This, this sucks." <laughs> and I go, "But this is his thing. His thing is to evoke a thing." She said, "I don't give a shit. Come on." And I follow it, and just we we're going out. He's out there. He follows us. Did you didn't like this? But sure, you know. I thought he was a. Was he getting laughs? No, but uh, he certainly got a rise from her. She, uh, she <laughs> I've had these opportunities. To, she just said, good, follow me, you asshole. You, you, you no talent. You, I'm ashamed that you're a Jew. <laughs> <laughs> did, did, you, did you have any relationship with Cheech Martin? Very much so. I, comes over to the house. I've been over to his house. Very close. Cheech Martin is uh, my hero. He's... He um, basically uh, saw me work at the, him and Tommy saw me work at the Playboy Club in Century City, and um, just uh, became friends. He said, "Man, I'm gonna put you in a movie," and he kept his word. You know, put me in a, a board in East LA, which 
which out of all the movies they've done, that's, the, that's like a... If you're not Mexican, as you have a, a CD at the house. You know, Born East LA just went to the 34th anniversary of it at the, uh, the Director's Guild. It still stands the best test of time. Uh, Cheech Marin, uh, great friend, someone that I look up to, and uh, not literally, but, uh, <laughs> but he really is the nicest guy. You're, Tommy Underhand, he... I don't, I don't know. He's Canadian, well. man. He's Canadian. He, he, we used to have an office next to each other. He'd come in and he goes, you got to do something about these illegal aliens coming in here. I said, yeah, I'll take care of that tomorrow. You know? huh. But uh, uh, Cheech is just a man. He just uh, can't say enough about him. He's a great guy. What about Rodney Dangerfield? Love that man. Uh, he and I, we, uh, we uh, actually designed the Long Beach uh, Laugh Factory. He was, a good, he was a great guy. You know, I roasted him on the 75th anniversary on HBO. Uh, he's the kind of guy that, that he told me one time that he, he dreaded the fact that he had reached his fame at, uh, at a late age because he wanted to hang out, you know, he wanted to hang out. I didn't get along too well with Sam Kinison because, you know, this is... Too much? No, uh, Sam Kinison became another person the minute he was drunk. He, he was very racist, you know, everybody was a spick and a wetback and all of this, you know. <laughs> he's, he's not a nice guy. I mean, I, I, I've, never, I've never said this before, but uh, you, you ask... Uh, he would come into my room. One time, I, I damn near got into a fight, which wouldn't have been a smart thing. I was a skinny little guy. But uh, when he got sober, he'd apologize. Oh, you know, Rod, you know, I didn't really mean that, you know. But he'd do it again, you know. He wet bag, it was uh, the N-word. And, oh, he was just a horrible human being. Was he talented? Yes. I'll tell you what kind of guy he was. His best friend, um, very best friend, when he died, found out that the kid he thought it was his was Sam's. Yeah, what was his name? Uh, I I know the story. I don't remember. That he was just a horrible, horrible human being. Brilliant guy, tortured soul, but well, Marin talks about that story about him pissing on his bed. He was he was just a he he threw up on mine, and uh, I I knew it was him. And also when I, I got my break, I, I had brand new Porsche. Uh, they told me it was Freddie Asparagus, but it was him. Ripped that thing. He was just totally jealous. What what what, what did I do to you? You know. Um, you know, so he's a horrible human being, brilliant guy. Let's just let it go at that. On the other hand, uh, Robert Schimmel was a funny, another Arizona guy, though. Wonderful guy. Yeah. yeah. All these guys are gone. You know, you, you know, you, Sammy, with this one, you start thinking of your own mortality, and and you hope that uh, people have some nice to say about you when you're gone. <laughs> well, well, Paul, we, we we still love you while you're here. We loved you when you began, and we're gonna always love you, brother. Thank you. Uh, Likewise, thank you so much for doing this, man. You, you, you uh, this we don't we don't interview a lot of celebrities. <laughs> you, you still you, haven't. We, no, we, we, you're number two. We did Ice T, and now we, we. I got a story with Ice T. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I yeah. took him with me to, to San Quentin. We did it live on HBO. He's a talented dude but you know the thing about it i see he he did that cop killer song and yeah. he got so much shit for it and now he's a cop irony yeah <laughs> well thank you paul one of the kings one of the legends of comedy y'all uh I'm, I'm glad i'm doing this flick with him um yeah paul are you on social media do you do any of that no i really i don't i don't understand that i'm an old guy but i, I try i'm i'm uh i'm on uh I think I'm on Instagram. I hardly go yeah, on. You, I don't you gotta, tweet. I don't you you, you got to do Instagram at least. I should, huh? Because, should. because your life and the people you know, just just a quick pick. Just. Yeah. I'm putting together a book. Uh, it's called uh, It Takes a Village Idiot. You know, I'm putting together. I like that. <laughs> <laughs> well, listen, man, um, for those of y'all who know, you already know. For those of you who don't know, thank God we have uh, YouTube. So uh, <laughs> Paul's done a million things. He's been around since forever. He's a legend. Look him up. Study him. 
Uh, he's one of the greats, man. Thank you very uh, much, brother. For you is a great compliment. Thank you, brother. So nice to meet you, dude. Man. You've been <laughs> you've been part of my life, and you don't even know it, man. That's what's that's that's the best part about being famous. Well, uh, I don't. That's the good part. I don't know about being famous, but uh, most of the time now, when I walk out, they, they people call me George Lopez. You know? <laughs> <laughs> but but I, I got uh, I got Clifford, the big red dog, coming out for Paramount Pictures. That Is that right? Out. Yeah, I just I, Clifford. We shot it in. Uh, Shot in New York. Uh, I got a really good part, and my, my granddaughter says, "Oh, you got to do this movie, Dad. Uh, Grandpa, you got to do this movie, Clifford the Big Red Dog." You know, and I, I think it's gonna. Be, everybody's saying that it's gonna be a big hit. It's gonna take a while for them to animate it, but uh, the real star is this little girl, uh, Camp, uh, Deidre Camp, and uh, and it's got everybody. It's got the uh, Alan. The, it's got the the guys from Money Python. Man, my brain's failing me, but. Russell Peters. Uh, it's got the, uh, Horacio Sanz from Saturday Night Live. It's got uh, Michael Allen, M- Michael Greer, David Allen Greer. Greer. Uh, it's got a lot of great cast, uh, and uh, they spent two hundred million bucks, and they put me up at the Ritz Carlton for for two months. That ain't cheap, you know. So they pay me a nice buck, and uh, you know the the pool's in the patio's dry. Thanks. Are you sure there's not a little bit of Jewishness in you? That nice buck. The way you said nice buck, it felt very like my other side. I felt very close to my other side with you. Let's just say that they got me out of tax problems. And also, let me give a big boost to my son. My son is actually. That's right. If you ever have a chance. That's right. That's right. I have a wonderful. Son's one of the top skaters. Yeah. In the game, right? He won the World uh, World Cup. He won the World Cup, the Maloof Cup, which is a uh, yeah. skater on the world. He's won the X is he, Games. Is he, is he Paul Rodriguez Jr.? Yeah, it's, it's actually, he's Paul Rodriguez uh, III. My, oh. I'm Jr. My pop was the first, but but uh, yeah, I call him Jr. He's a lovely kid. And be good to your kids because, uh, you know, they're our 401k plan. This guy is, my kid owns primitive clothing. Uh, when when uh, when him mom and I uh, I had a, I was paying uh, his house I sold his house I gave him the money I would have took the money to Cancun and party you know he uh, turned it into a hugely successful business he owns primitive skateboarding primitive this primitive that check out his stuff he, he's the first uh, he had a, a, a shoe he's on his eleventh shoe with Nike if you, if you Google Nike and you put Paul Rodriguez uh, you know. My son, my son, he's, he's twenty-one. A, uh, digs all your son's stuff. The boy is huge. He mm. bought a beer company, and he's. Uh, and every time I ask him for money, he says yes. <laughs> there you go, baby. There you go. He's a lovely boy. Be, be familiar. <laughs> all right, and y'all. he's in La Llorona. He's an actor too. So. <laughs> uh, check us out, man. Next time, I don't know where we're gonna be. Uh, when yeah. this exactly will drop, but uh, yes, th- y'all know the deal. Every Wednesday, new episode. Stay tuned, and uh, much success, man. Thank you so thank much. Thank you, brother. And as always, yeah. if y'all want to email me uh, and give me your opinions and questions and thoughts on the episode with Mr. Rodriguez, please at Aries Spears forty five Hotmail or Andy Com. <laughs> well, no, it's going to be funny happens at gmail dot com or Andy Comedy on Instagram. Thank and you. Me, All right. Try not to contact me. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. All right. <laughs> We're out. Thank you. Can you feel it, baby?